I'm a grind and What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Sid, what it do, baby? Fresh off work, man. Ready to get it. <laughs> Long long week last week. This week look like it's gonna be the same. Right. Um. So once again, we got a little Saints news to start off with. So we, as always, we we're gonna go ahead and start there. Uh, over the weekend, we were able to once again free up some more cap room. I think over the weekend they freed up about twenty mil altogether. Um. Starting with the release of. Thomas Morstead, who <laughs> who is the last? Well, no, he's he's the last Saint that's actually been there since the Super Bowl. Malcolm Jenkins, of course, is mm-hmm. is there, but uh, he left and came back. So Thomas Morstead was the last Saint pending Drew Brees' retirement. <laughs> I was waiting on that. To still have been there since the Super Bowl. Uh, once again, it's something that I had heard that could be happening. Uh, brought in a rookie punter last year and held on to him throughout the whole season. Uh, but I always looked at it as $2 million. Morstead hasn't fallen off a cliff. If right. we hold on to him, if he doesn't want to retire, I can definitely see that happening. But it looked like they were ready to move on. It doesn't really seem like he's looking to retire at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know it's something that hurt a lot of our fan base. Like I said, yeah. Thomas Morstead is one of my guys. I mm-hmm. It hurt me, but I understood it. Right. Um, so that's that's one of the things that took place uh, over the past weekend. And the other was uh, the restructuring of contracts. Of course, we got to Cam Jordan, um, which once again, kicking this stuff down the road is it's going to catch up to us eventually. But not this season. Don't look like it. Right. And then um, Demario Davis, who we gave a contract in the middle of the last season, mm-hmm. and we've already had to restructure it in order to free up some more money. But right. between the two, we saved about $13 million in cap for this season. This is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so what did you think about those moves? Well, first of all, you already know Cam, my dog. So uh, anything we can do to keep him, uh, I definitely wanted to. Um, and Cam kind of fell off a little bit. Well, I won't say fell off. He had a down year. Um, you know, given what um, Hendrickson was was able to do on the opposite side of him. So, but anytime uh, you have a team in tag that you can possibly be penciled into the the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs, uh, you want to keep your core together, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, so you brought back Cam Jordan. You brought back, uh, well, not brought back, but restructured Demario Davis, freed up money, and I'm not even worried about kicking the money down the road because. If we're if we're able to come up over the the last fifty million that we're uh, still in in the hole on, I mean it's not like we're gonna be a hundred thousand next year or, or when yeah. when their time comes. So uh, if we're able to to do this, I know that there's no way in the world they worried about being twenty thirty mil in the hole yeah. uh, the following season. So um, I was definitely pleased to to see though to see that news break. Um, it definitely hurt it. Uh, with Marstead uh, departuring from us. Yeah. Like you said, it makes all the football sense in the world. It just lets you know how tight the cap really is for us this year. Yeah. Uh, because normally when we're talking two to even $5 million, we always play a safe and keep a player 
a year too long versus release him a year too early. Uh, it's not like Morstead uh, had a, a bad year or a down year or anything of that nature. It's just one of those things where, uh, you know, when you can save a dollar, you take advantage of it in a situation like this. So uh, overall, I'm pleased. I'm, I'm very pleased we're heading in the right direction. And we only got 50 million more to go. <laughs> I'm going to make that number sound small. And in the midst of that, of course, we re-signed another veteran uh, in Ty Montgomery uh, to, to assure that he's there come training camp and, you know, on the 90-man roster. Mm -hmm. um, two names. Well, last week we talked about Malcolm Brown potentially being traded because, uh, once again, either way it goes, something's going to happen to him to where we're coming off the $5 million that he counts uh, right. towards our cap next season. But uh, two other names popped up in, in trade uh, or – and being um, perceived as being on the trade block right now, which is uh, Latavius Murray mm -hmm. and uh, Quan Alexander, which is somebody mm -hmm. me and you have talked about a lot off air just because we know how high that cap number is for him, $12 million. Right. Um, and that's that's just not – we can't keep him yeah. for $12 million. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think about those two guys? Latavius, both of them make sense to move on from in the sense of trading or, or not resigning. Uh, you can definitely get the same value from another back for way less money. Um, a guy who I got my eyes on is Marlon Mack, who uh, played for the coach. You know, he got outplayed by Jonathan Taylor. He's more than likely going to be moving on. Um, but it, it's a ton of backs out there uh, yeah. like that. You know, Washington, who we figured would land on the roster for like at least the last I would say what maybe two years now yeah. it feel like he definitely deserves a shot yep. um if if he's uh our second string running back I feel comfortable with it so um I mean you definitely you know can do without Latavius Murray mm -hmm. uh and let, we didn't we never truly used Latavius Murray the way I wanted to uh he had a better year than what I expected last year we found that out uh heading into the playoffs yeah um, but he can be replaced. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with Kawhi Alexander. You know how I feel about Kawhi Alexander. He was, I mean, great for us the weeks that we had him. The first week or two, he was kind of shaky, and then he settled in, started making plays. We saw him flying around the ball, making a running uh, sideline to sideline, and uh, I mean, it was actually a little bit, of, uh, a little bit of everything from him, and he was able to to fill that role. Uh, he was uh, better than Alex Al Al Alex Azzalone in that position. So uh, I definitely would like, you know, to bring him back. However, I definitely understand we can't afford twelve million dollars. Exactly, and I'm I'm with you on both. Latavius Murray is once again expendable. Uh, mm -hmm. We have our we have our feature back, and that's what really matters. Uh, whether they go out and be able to bring uh, bring back Mark Ingram for less uh, than what we're paying Latavius Murray right now, or if we draft a running back in the third, fourth round and, and bring mm -hmm. them in to use them, we'll, we'll, we'll find somebody to be able to, you know, use uh, to back up Alvin Kamara. Quan yep. um, <clears throat> Alexander, once again, he does not worth $12 million, at least not to us yeah. at this point. Uh, like I said, me and you talk about him all the time off air. Um, he definitely was an upgrade uh, to Alex Anzalone, especially once he really got into rhythm within our system. Mm -hmm. um, would, I, would I personally be fine with having Alex Anzalone back in that position next season? I would be. Um, I feel like, like I say, I do think Quan Alexander was an upgrade, 
was he that much of an upgrade, you know, to really be? No, I don't think so. Um, so he's definitely somebody who's going to have to be cut, uh, if not traded, or if we could figure out some type of restructure. I would love to have him back, but once again, for $12 million, when we're in the cap hole that we are, it, right. it, it can't, it can't be done. Yeah. Um, so uh, for now, that's all we have on the Saints news. We're going to, you know, see, because like I said, this week is going to be uh, pretty hectic. I'm quite sure when it comes to cuts and trades and things of that nature, which is exciting for this point. Um, there were some other cuts, uh, restructures around the league. I want to start with the Big Ben restructure of his deal for him to return the quarterback to Pittsburgh still is next year. We haven't even talked about this off air. So, what did you think yeah. about about that? Oh, it's kind of <laughs> it kind of makes sense in a way if you're Pittsburgh. But I I tell you this much: they definitely got to be looking for their future quarterback. Uh, I really thought that they were going to address that this year. Came hell or high water anyway, uh, and I still think that they're going to do that. I still think that they're going to you know if a quarterback comes available in the draft, someone sitting there. I'm, I'm not going to go first round, but. Second yeah. round, definitely. I can see them taking a the quarterback in the second round. Um, but if you're Pittsburgh, you were very close to um, to making a playoff run. I mean, all, all, for the, mo- the majority of last year, they had the best record. They were undefeated. And they got hit with COVID a lot. Like, everybody making excuses for COVID. But I don't think there's a team in the league who probably got hit as, as hard as, as Pittsburgh, you know, with injuries and COVID. Uh, I mean, they were guys out for, for uh, weeks and weeks, and um, they lost their linebackers. Was it for the season? I think they lost. Didn't they lose? Uh, um, I think it was for the season. Yeah, I think it was for the yeah, season. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and, and they battled through it. So they have to address the receiver position because I don't care if you had Big Ben or, or whoever. They got very little production from their receiver. So that's something they're going to address. But given um, – Given the availability of quarterbacks this offseason, Carson Wentz already moved. More than likely, you don't have what it takes to trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, who else? Out there? Russell Wilson didn't name you as one of the teams he would like to play for. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you're limited. So if I think I have enough to be successful and make a, make a run late in the year, that's what it's all about. Can we make the playoffs with this roster if we have Big Ben? Yes. And if you can make the playoffs, then you can make a push. So it made all the sense to bring them back. But I still think that they are looking for their future quarterback. And we see this one a bit differently because I look at it and automatically say, what were the other options? Because uh, coming that's into what, this offseason, that's basically I what I just say, said. I want to say they were second worst when it came to cap space behind the Saints. Now, mm-hmm. it's a big gap between us and the next team, but right. I think they were second in that. Mm-hmm. So they got to do whatever they do just to get even with the, the salary cap at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, that ties your hands to what you can do at quarterback. And even if you moved on from Big Ben, you still owe him a lot of money this year. And you're looking at it as, well, who's our quarterback? Are we going with Dwayne Haskins? Are we rolling with Mason Rudolph? Mm-hmm. Nah, Big Ben still gives us the best chances out of any of those guys. Um, so really, your hands were tied. Like you didn't have any other option uh, then, other than to roll with Big Ben for another year. Um, so once again, obviously he wants to play. And he wants to play for Pittsburgh. So he gave five million dollars back or whatever towards the cap. But man, that's I don't see. 
I don't see Pittsburgh being contenders next year. I didn't, even when they were on their streak of eight, nine wins last season, I kept telling you this feels fraudulent. And it ended up being that, you know. They started off on a 10-11 game win streak and then lost every game after that. Yeah. Um, and I don't see their team being able to get any better going into next. Most likely, they're going to get worse. They're going to lose guys that Juju Smith is one guy we know for sure probably won't return because, once again, where are they going to get the money to replace him at? Mm-hmm. So for them to get better, they got to look at a strong draft or they got to look, they got to find somewhere to get money from. And it doesn't seem like there's too many places where they can draw there from at this point. So mm-hmm. I really look at it as you had no other, you had no other option. Well, that's basically what, what I was saying. That's basically the, the direction that I, I was leaning to what I just said. I mean, all every other quarterback who you possibly could have made a push for, they're already gone and you don't have nothing else on the roster. So you have to bring Big Ben back, but what I yeah, do, dis- and I'm saying they didn't, they, they didn't have a chance to go after any of those quarterbacks yeah. anyway because of their cap situation. And so- what what I do disagree with, what we do different from, is uh, the way they were playing last year. Uh, they were motivated, man. They they were playing motivated in the beginning of the year. Um, and the biggest thing to me is they offense let them down. James kind of in and out of the lineup, and then your receivers all of a sudden can't catch a pass. Um, that's not going to do it. I don't care how great the defense play. That that wasn't going to do it. So you use the word fraudulent. I wouldn't say that. I just would say as the week, as the season went on, teams were able to get more and more tape and say, okay, let's put them in a box. You know, if, if their receivers can't do this, they can't do that. Let's put them in a box and let's go after them. And, and to me, that's what happened. But if you tell me that they're able to bring in uh, a receiver and – they got to do something with the running back position, too. With James Conner's there, he's decent, but he misses too many games, which yeah. makes their run game non-existent. And they, uh, they, they're they missing, I think it's two offensive starters uh, on the O-line this year as well. So they're definitely going to have to correct that. They they got their, their work out for them, but it wouldn't surprise me if they wind up making the playoffs next year. In the AFC North with Cleveland and Baltimore and a returning Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, you think? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they are. Well, I'm just saying if they do, I wouldn't be blown away. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And and I would. Like I say, especially just looking at their team right now and saying that's most likely exactly what they're going into the season with because they strapped for cash at this Mm -hmm. point. Um another quarterback who uh well, a quarterback that got moved on from over the weekend was Alex Smith. Uh we we saw that one coming. Uh Mm -hmm. He even voiced how, you know, they didn't want him. Like, he ruined their plans last year by getting healthy and being able to play. Um, And all signs point to he wants to continue playing football. Um, What did you think about that situation? Or or more likely, because once again, we all saw them parting ways. So what do you think happens with Alex Smith going forward? Now, that's a a very interesting situation. I definitely could see him having another chance to play football, not start. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't. I can't think of a team uh, that Alex Smith can walk through the door and give you a better chance of winning than who's already at quarterback. Maybe Miami with Tua. You know, if they if they don't get Deshaun or someone else, maybe a, a situation like Chicago. But even if you are those teams, how much better did we really just get? Do we really uh, stunt Tua's growth for Alex Smith right now? You know, so I'm not even. I'm not even sure. Uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't really I really wouldn't like him in New Orleans, to be honest with you. I wouldn't feel like we've answered our our um, 
you know, we, we took care of our quarterback needs. But uh, I definitely think he gets another chance to play. I, I'm just not too sure about uh, if he gets the opportunity to start. Uh, I agree with you for the most part. I, I absolutely think he's on an NFL team. He's somebody's backup next year for sure. Mm-hmm. Do I look across the landscape of the NFL and say there's nowhere he can start? No. I see a few places where he can actually get in there and end up starting. I would discount Miami for sure. I think even though it seems like they're kind of leaning towards giving up on Tua, I don't think they give up on Tua without it being an absolute upgrade, whether it's Deshaun Watson or somebody mm-hmm. else like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, even even on the e- – this is going to sound crazy. I can see him going back to San Francisco. If they really want to come off that money for Jimmy Garoppolo and they mm-hmm. want somebody who's going to be able to get into that West Coast offense and be successful in it, mm-hmm. or or at least do what you're asking Jimmy Garoppolo to do, which is just don't lose it for us, I can absolutely see Alex Smith being that guy. Um, mm-hmm. You look like if Houston moves on from Deshaun Watson, they're going to need a quarterback, and I'm quite sure not too many guys are trying to flock to – Houston with the, you know, with the way that their franchise is right now. So there's a few places I can see Alex Smith uh, end up setting up. And me, unlike other people, I think he could still be a decent quarterback, a decent starting quarterback. Mm, yeah. And the only thing I see him doing is mentoring a quarterback that will be drafted or young quarterback that's already in-house. If you tell me he goes to Jacksonville to, to mentor whoever's going to be there, I get it. If you yeah. tell me he goes to the Giants to help try to bring uh, Danny Dimes along, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I do not see no team that actually needs a quarterback to step in and play immediately and they have something to play for. I don't see him being in any situation of that uh, that nature. And like I said, the only, <clears throat> the only situation that dawns on me like that is the 49ers. That, that's a place where mm-hmm. I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and looking at Alex Smith and saying, you're not losing nothing if you swap him out except for you coming off of a bunch of money with Jimmy Garoppolo that you yeah. could be using to put up elsewhere. Yeah. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, nothing happened with him, but he's somebody who's showing a desire to come back next season. Um, Chase Daniels for Detroit, they're looking to trade him. Um, of course, he's been – it's crazy. So when that man we had a crazy career. Chase Daniels all those years ago, I firmly believe that he was going to be the successor to Drew Brees. Me too. Of course, that didn't happen because Drew Brees then played all these years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when he first made the move to Kansas City, it was him and Alex Smith in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I was saying that Chase Daniels should get a shot at being the starting quarterback. They didn't give it to him, but mm-hmm. I felt like he should have been given the, uh, the chance to be a starting quarterback in Kansas City. And I truly believe he could have been as good as Alex Smith was there. In mm-hmm. that situation, Chase Daniels to say he's never gotten a chance to truly be a starter for a season in the NFL has been very successful when it comes to lining his pockets. Yep. And he's seen as somebody who can really be trusted with mentoring mm-hmm. other younger quarterbacks for somebody who hasn't really had the opportunity to actually start in this league. Yep. So that's crazy. But I've always been a fan of Chase Daniel, and uh, it looked like he's about to be on his way to another squad to collect a paycheck and mentor some other quarterbacks. True. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I want to say the only other thing that I saw that I wanted to bring up was the releasing of Carlos Dunlap by Seattle. Mm. Of course, Seattle has to 
more like most teams at this point, got to address their their calorie space uh, situation. And I want to say he was due to make about fourteen million this wow, year. Wow, it was that high? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know Cincinnati had paid him all that money. Yeah. And then once they moved off of him, of course Seattle just absorbed that contract. But mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was looking to make between twelve and fourteen million. Uh, and of course, Carlos Dunlap is somebody we're gonna look at and say he's still serviceable. Uh, but is he worth twelve to fourteen million dollars toward my my cap? Absolutely no. not. No, absolutely not. And I will say this: Seattle defense was so bad when they got him. Man, he looked like he was twenty six, twenty seven years uh, old again. Man, and, and yeah. something. So he's definitely somebody. I'm more than sure that they want to bring back in, not just for that number. And he would have other suitors suitors out there too. You know, when absolutely. that time comes, taking a look at him. Absolutely. So the team we're going to waste our time on today is the Dallas Cowboys. Let me apologize in advance, man. I, let me get the mic straight and everything. Listen, man, because, you know, these Cowboy fans, they kind of – I was about to say, yeah, go ahead and apologize to them. Listen, man, we, this is nothing personal. We're not attacking the Dallas Cowboys in no way, shape, or form. We just addressing needs and uh, off-season moves. Going, going over the facts. I, I, I want to hear them or not. I, I, I can tell you facts. I can hear my homeboy Dwight in my ear right now telling me what and what not to say about these Cowboys, man. I posted a game uh, last week on Facebook that they lost in the play. It was a good game that they yeah. lost to RG3 that year. Yeah, I, I remember seeing you post it, <laughs> yep. Um, so let's start here. Uh, once again, calorie, calorie uh, salary cap is – everything right now especially a week away from uh free agency so uh right now dallas is probably looking at 18 mil in cap Mm -hmm. 18 million dollars in cap Mm -hmm. and the of course where we gonna start the biggest thing that's (laughs) floating over their head right now is what do you do with Dak prescott so Dak Prescott definitely deserves, and I've been saying this now for like two years, he definitely deserves to be paid. I just don't think the Cowboys are the team to pay him. Yeah. And I have very little faith that they're going to pay him now with the injury. It makes more sense to go ahead and, and sign him up because, true, you were losing with Dak, but Dak gives you the better chance of winning. Yeah. Um, that's not even here to be discussed or debated. But I just don't think the Cowboys pay him. But he definitely deserves to be paid. Um, like you said, you got to start with the quarterback position. In no yeah. way, shape, or form, I want Andy Dalton back. I don't know how Cowboy fans feel about that. He fooled me. I really felt like the Cowboys had a good security blanket in Andy Dalton last year. I'm like, look, if that gonna play hardball, let's go get a quarterback who just was in a starting uh, a starting role. Let's mm-hmm. bring him over. He never had guys like like uh, Zeke. He's yeah. at AJ Green. We can give you a Mari Cooper, and we got a whole lot of other receivers to go along with it. And let's see what we get. That man fooled me, bro. I really thought Andy Reid was gonna be ser- serviceable in Dallas. All right, so this is where I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Andy Dalton. Just, I think I said Andy Reid. I'm gonna start because we disagree on Andy Dalton. I do, for one, I can, for one, I can see why Dallas fans or Dallas's organization would be willing to roll with him next season. If why? I got to hear these reasons. So, 
for one, we looked at what Dak Prescott had and did in what three games last season, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was well. Your defense ain't stopping nobody, and your offense is getting off to a bad start. Mm-hmm. Um, which was he part blame for that? Of course, he's the quarterback. So yeah, another huge blame which lasted throughout that whole season was Zeke and his his troubles were not just only fumbling, but being a competent running back at all last season seemed pretty hard for him uh, for uh, most of the season. Um, and then. Of course, the injuries and the uh, the underlying conditions because they had what Travis Frederick had the heart condition mm-hmm. to where he couldn't play and they lost another lineman to to something else. So regardless of who was going to be out there at quarterback, when you look at your running back not being competent and what you're missing upon the offensive line, you're in a bad situation to start with. So I feel like if Jerry Jones or whoever in the organization is looking at that and saying, well, if Zeke's going to be back to being Zeke, and if we can figure out how to put this offensive line back to being a decent, not even what it was, but a decent offensive line, like you mentioned with those weapons, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, like with those, with those guys being out there, Andy Duncan can go out there and win us games. But once again, for them, it looks well, which it has been for a lot of years now. What is your defense going to give you at this point? Because if you ain't stopping nobody, no, Andy Dalton not going to go out there and win a shootout every week. That's hell no. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Most quarterbacks can't do that. Mm-hmm. But if your defense is going to go out there and make stops, can't Andy Dalton do enough to win you football games? Yeah, I think he can. And see, that's that's the thing. That's the biggest difference. I think we're. Tr- I think you're trying to compare a quarterback who you're saying kind of like Alex Smith, he may not be the reason you win, but he's also not going to be the reason you lose. Mm-hmm. I, I disagree. I really think Andy Dalton, and he showed it last last season, he can be the reason you lose. But yeah. also, Dak Prescott can be the reason you win games. Different group there too. So, yeah. <laughs> you don't think Dak Prescott can be a quarterback that can win you games? I'm not saying he's tier one. I'm not putting him in tier one quarterbacks. But it's hard if, for me. If you if you're not putting if you're not putting him in tier one, then to me he looks like Andy Dalton. What? So you just got you just got the the Rams giving away the house to get Matthew Stafford, who really never accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. The coach turned around and and traded for Carson Wentz, another guy who really never did anything. And I'm a Carson Wentz fan, you know that. I I think he can be successful mm-hmm. in the right situation. If you put and you, Dak Prescott to me is just equally good as those two QBs we just mentioned, if not better. Yeah, and that's where we disagree. And and once again, I was I was big on Dak coming into the league, and I was saying, look, man, you know they got him in the fourth round. I hate that he went to Dallas, but they got something there. And then he got a chance to play, and you're like, oh yeah, he can be, you know, he can be that guy. Mm-hmm. But. What Dak Prescott has been the past three seasons before he got hurt isn't much different than what we saw from Alex Smith in San Francisco or Alex Smith in Kansas City for those years. He went out there, threw for 4,000 yards. He threw low, I don't even know how low uh, Dak's interception totals were, but I'm quite sure they were, you know, they were pretty low. low. Yeah, they were reasonably low. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the same thing we've been getting from Alex Smith all of these years up until his injury. But how many games in Alex Smith's last three years you can look back and say 
he was the sole reason that they that they won. That that's what but, I'm saying. He's but a that's perfect. We're differing. I'm telling yeah. you, what game do you looking back at Dak's last three years and saying that's the reason they won the game? I mean, he played one last year in Atlanta, and I'm definitely saying that he was the reason that they won that game. Dak lit them up, and I'm saying he has that ability. To where you see Dak Prescott throwing for 350 every Sunday, 320, rushing for 30 yards, QB sneaks in the red zone. Like, we know he's capable of all that. I can't say the same for Matthew Stafford, who his whole career has been borderline average at best. I'm just saying he still has. Matt, you, what what has Matthew yeah. Stafford done to make you say once he, again? He, one, once again, we first of all let's throw this out here because we always got to throw this out here to remind you that wins and losses is not a quarterback stat, right? However, so, that's how they so judge. You, so when you ask me what Matthew Stafford has done, then I'm going to show you all the years, even after Calvin Johnson, where he improved as a quarterback. He's always been an accurate quarterback. He's had a big arm. Uh, he's taking more chances than most quarterbacks usually do. But once again, there's no difference to me from Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. And if you're going to tell me, oh, Matt Ryan has been to a Super Bowl, then I'm going once again, win the losses is not a, a quarterback stat. And, and that's a that's and I would even give Matt Ryan a more benefit of the doubt than Matthew Stafford. But I'm just saying in general, I'm saying I feel like Dak has the capability to pass both of those guys up that we just mentioned. Has he passed either one of them up before his injury is my question. I definitely so I think don't feel like I, he has. If I had to pick a quarterback based on what I've seen, I want the winner. And that's what Dak Prescott uh What do you want? What you mean the man what came in with what he came man won? The man came in winning as a rookie. What you mean when he first was put in as what a What did that man win? And Dak Prescott's first How many playoff wins has he got? How, I many, think two, how many playoff wins he get? One. He got one. Two, he got one playoff. One. I think I thought it was I think it's two. I'll tell you this much though. I remember like even like his third year in the lead as a starter or something like that. Uh you know, uh, you know, they were saying how he has won more games than any other quarterback in the league. He had at that right. current time. But I'm just well, and all I'm their Listen. offense was based around Ezekiel Elliott from the time exactly. Dak Prescott and stepped into the And I'm not taking away from room. And I'm not taking away from that. And that's when we differ. We can't knock guys who was drafted and put in a situation and they exceeded. We can't do that. We can't knock Pat Mahomes because he got all these offensive weapons. We can't knock Drew Brees because he's had a great old line for the last however many years. We can't do that. If Dak was put in that position, he was put in that position. But I'm saying he he exceed he succeeded. He he kept getting better until last year. I think last year, if you want to knock him and you say he should have he went should have went to the playoffs, he should have beat Philly. And I think it was week 16 last year. If you win, you win, and they lost. That was devastating. I couldn't believe they lost that game. But as a whole, it, it's hard for me to, to knock Dak Prescott. When we know, but but we say Matthew Stafford is decent. Jared Goff is so, a decent quarterback. So you don't want to knock a quarterback for being in a good situation, but you're going to knock quarterbacks for being in a bad situation. The so you're telling me for 10 years, this man played with Kelvin Johnson, arguably one of the greatest receivers to, to ever play. And uh-huh. what, what, what gonna, has to show? Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we got here because this is the same conversation that I've had with family members recently when the trade first went down. So you tell me he had Calvin Johnson, right? All, all we going in this rabbit hole. That's all I need to know before we start. You tell me he had Calvin Johnson. Wait, first okay. of all, Matt Ryan has had more than Matthew Stafford has throughout his whole career. 
Say that again. I said Matt Ryan has had more than Matthew Stafford has had throughout his whole career, even with Matthew Stafford having Calvin Johnson, correct? You're telling me that Dak hasn't had more than Matthew Stafford has thus far in his career? Yeah, he has. And you're telling me that even with that, you don't, even with what Matthew Stafford has had being less than Matt Ryan and a Dak Prescott, you don't see Matt Ryan, I mean, Matthew Stafford being as good as a quarterback as those guys or better? If anything, he's equal. You're at the quarterback position, you are judged by wins. Nobody cares about like me, me yeah, and you, you judge you, by wins. We I don't I don't judge quarterbacks by I, I never have and I'm not gonna start now. Yeah, like, I don't you judge got, quarterbacks by wins. Yeah, you got to. I mean it's a quarterback. Drew Brees had three seven and nine seasons where he was throwing for five thousand yards and nobody's ever gonna look you've never looked at those years and been like, yeah, we lost because of Drew Brees. Because it's not true. No, but no, that's but, been no, Matthew but, Stafford his whole career. Well, not his whole career. But yeah, he, his whole career. That's been neither, the same thing. But check this out. Neither am I'm going to point at those 5,000-yard years and talk highly about him as if that was the year he won the Super Bowl. Nobody cares about 5,000. He in the Super Bowl. It's about his performance as a quarterback. And like, I'm sure, like, and just, like just because he just like Tom Brady, he had a great year. I'm sure his interception was high at one of those years too. I, Drew Brees when he threw for five thousand yards, he did oh, it what three times? Yeah, five, I'm, five, four. Well, four or five, something like that. I guarantee you, probably one of them he threw for twenty interceptions, close to it, if not more. So I'm just saying, if you win, if you go on 79, I, nobody cares about that. Bro. Like, what makes Derrick Henry 2,000 yards great is the fact that they had they went to the playoffs. They had a winning year. The thing about um, a time, uh, New England going undefeated, they went to the Super Bowl, but they lost. I'm just saying, like, it has to go together. But in this thing, Matthew Stafford has nothing to show for absolutely uh-huh. Nothing of his career. Yeah, so we absolutely it, disagree with that. Because once again, you telling me so you're you telling think, me because Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl, he's a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. No, no but check Foles this out. I'm happy you brought he went to the Super Bowl and he or Joe I, Flacco had that I'm incredible run to the Super Bowl, and you telling me he's better than Matthew Stafford because of that? No. I'm, ha- I'm happy you brought those up because Joe Fac- Joe Flacco played unbelievable in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh what Nick Foles to this day, I always tell Herm this when we talk. I can't say he outplayed Tom Brady because Tom Brady threw for 505 that game, mm-hmm. but he played just as good passing for like 384. But every time he had to make a play for the most part, he did. He made throws that I will remember for the rest of my life in that Super Bowl. And that's what I'm saying. Matthew Stafford don't have that game. Say, you don't have that season. So that and that's with Kelvin Johnson. But once again, does that make either of those quarterbacks better than Matthew Stafford? No, but exactly, and that's my point. They're that's all my point. average. What I'm saying is, I'm paying Dak because I believe he has the capability of being looked as a tier one. But you haven't seen it from three years. I'm but sorry, you haven't seen it from him. But okay, so we do we base do we pay quarterbacks based on what we saw, what we think they could be? It's both. You pay them for what they what? What's so what? What? So why did Jerry Cook? I'm sorry, Jared. Uh, Jared Golf. He got to a uh, Super Bowl. Wentz. Why, why did they get paid? 
because, because they both led their teams to Super Bowl and played. No, no, no. Carson Wentz played twelve games that year. I'm sorry, eleven games. Eleven games that year before he got hurt. He got but hurt. once again, he was and on Nick pace Foles. to beat the league's MVP before he got hurt. And check this out: Nick Foles stepped in, went to the Super Bowl, and won it. So if anything, it's kind of backlash saying, "Hey, why would we pay this guy if our backup just did this?" Same thing with uh with Jared Goff. He got to the Super Bowl, but it was your defense that carried you. That offense couldn't miss. He Robert Woods, the Ty Gurley was uh -huh. won MVP that year over Tom Brady because he was uh he had a, a three or four game suspension. He should have won MVP. Jared Goff went off their back, but yet he got paid. What I'm saying is Dak Prescott in that same situation. If you want to add Matthew Stafford to it, I feel could have did the same thing. But what I'm doing right now is looking at Dak Prescott as a 26, 27-year-old quarterback mm -hmm. saying, I think he will be better in the long run than what he is right now. And that's why and, I feel like he should get paid. And that's tough to bet on even before his injury, but especially now. So let's get back on the topic. So mm -hmm. I feel like, which I've always felt like, I feel like Dallas did right by Dallas. And I feel like now they're in a position to capitalize off of that. Like, once again, I'm all for Dak. I feel Dak wanted what he wanted. You go ask for what you want. They don't want to give it to you. You move on. It's horrible. Then Dak got hurt. Mm -hmm. Bet on yourself, you got hurt. Mm -hmm. So now you're in a position to where who has the leverage? Is it Dallas or is it Dak? It's still Dallas. And I disagree. I think it's Dak. I think Dak is going to get his money come hell or high water. You think that you think somebody's gonna pay Dak forty million dollars coming off the injury he's coming off of? No, no, not not forty. But what are you asking for? He's asking Dallas for forty. I you, think that. So I think he. So once again, once again, I'm not saying he doesn't get paid. I'm okay. saying now there's no way he gets what he was asking for. Once again, if if we're looking at it and we're saying Dak was or Dallas, which was the reports were what they were offering him between like thirty three and thirty six. Mm -hmm. And the biggest difference that they came across was the amount of years. Mm -hmm. um, I can absolutely see them rolling out that same deal yeah. and yeah. it being right on par with the most that he could get this mm -hmm. offseason. And my thing is, I don't think he was going to get 40 mil from, no, from Dallas in the first place, nor would he get it from another team, even he if he wasn't. He wasn't getting it from Dallas, but I, I absolutely, before COVID, of course, because COVID – messed up the salary cap in general. Mm -hmm. But if the salary cap had ballooned like it was supposed to before mm -hmm. COVID, I absolutely saw him getting $40 million on the open market. And see, I, I still had it slightly below. I always My number was always that 37 to $38 yeah. uh, um, million. That was always my number for Yeah, for gotcha. Uh, if you tell me somebody's going to step up and, and pay him the 40 mm -hmm. then it becomes, okay, Dak, you can get it, over here, but Dallas is one of them states that the tax is, is, is very reasonable. If not, they don't do no state tax. They don't do no state taxes. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So it kind of plays right back into what it what it could be because, yeah. you know, you take that 40 elsewhere, in the long run, you would have made more money in Dallas. Something yeah. else that I think that Dak held on to me personally is he's a fourth-round pick. So you can't ask me to take a pay cut and, and, and all of a sudden when it's my turn to get paid, now you want to get wiser with the money. You didn't get wiser for uh for D Law. 
You didn't get wiser for uh for Jalen Smith. Mm -hmm. You didn't get you didn't get wiser for, for everybody in the old line. You made everybody on the old line the highest paid in their position. You made the running back the highest paid in his position. Yeah. But now all of a sudden it's my turn to get paid. I'm the fourth round pick who ain't made nothing. Now you want me? Nah, bro. It, it, nah, it, it ain't going like that. And, and yeah, you stated that you felt that way, and I'm looking at it as Dallas's organization and. They're going to say, well, yeah, we made all of them the highest paid at their positions to make you look good. Okay, so check this out. If you did that, then why didn't you also do the same thing that every other team in the NFL do, which is lock up their quarterback who they believe in before it gets to this point? And that's the, and that's the thing. Do they believe in him? Once again, obviously they don't believe in him enough to give him $40 million. Yeah, why because the people, the him? Pat Mahomes, the Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, what's the other so guy? So you saying they, Russell Wilson, they would have paid them. You saying they don't believe in him, but in a sense, but but then turn around and we know that they offered him thirty five million. You don't offer somebody thirty five million dollars that you don't believe in. You you don't overpay somebody that you don't believe is going to be worth overpaying in the long run. So right? we feel like he's worth thirty five, but he's not worth forty. The exactly. Extra, exactly. Yeah. And, okay. and and you and you say it like it's not a huge dip, but it is. Especially okay. in a in a cap sport, but like I say, I feel like all of this has played as unfortunate as it is for Dak Prescott. All of this has played out perfectly for Dallas. The yeah. fact that the cap didn't balloon like it was supposed to, the mm -hmm. fact that he ended up getting hurt, like all of that has played right into Dallas's hands. And from what I've been seeing, they're most likely going to get a long term deal done now. And yeah. Once again, Dallas wins in this situation, if which they, we all hate to see, but if, if they at the unfortunate of Dak Prescott. And to me, if they get a deal done, it's still going to be north of $35 million. So at the end of the day, he was able and, to hold. go ahead. And I see it differently. I see a incentive-laced deal. I see something to where it's, like you say, 35, 36 probably in the first two years. With the potential to balloon, exactly. but also easy out for the team. So exactly, and, yeah, yeah. And I still see him getting the guaranteed money and and all that good stuff. But to me, it's not like they won because at the end of the day, they still need a quarterback like that. Yeah, but but what they're going to win on is price. They're going to win on what they ended up paying because it was never no. We don't want Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. It was we're only willing to pay so much for Dak Prescott. Yeah, so and I we're, think. We're, and I we're, think the deal that they end up striking with him is going to be around what they wanted to pay him in the first place. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So, so the first thing is locking up that Prescott. I True. think they're going to be able to do that. I think, mm -hmm. like I say, everything I'm seeing shows that they're going to be able to work towards a, a good deal. Mm -hmm. The other free agents they have, a lot are on the defensive side, but once again, as we talked about, that defense wasn't great to begin with. Yeah. So you look at a person like Sean Lee, I I expect him to retire. If mm -hmm. he comes back, it's on the minimum. Right. Uh, you look at Tyrone Crawford, somebody mm -hmm. who's probably going to get a decent amount of money on the open market. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be able to match that. Yep. Um, Alden Smith is somebody they seem to like a lot at this point. Mm -hmm. But once again, how much can you actually offer him? Mm -hmm. Um, two cornerbacks that they really need to be keeping, uh, Awuze, Awuze, mm -hmm. and Jordan Lewis. Mm -hmm. Both guys who, once again, in a cornerback market where there isn't too many cornerbacks that stand above the rest, they're going to come out of this with decent money. 
Oh, I got I got a woozy ain't making more than decent money. Yeah, see, so yeah. these are all guys who who seem like Dallas is gonna end up losing at the end of the day. Yep. Um which defense is something they gotta address. Whether it's whatever they have left for free eight, they they they're gonna have to move on from some people this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. Because just alone for whatever the Dak Prescott contract may end up being, exactly. they're gonna have to move on from some people. And see yep. what they can get back. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Dallas's offense. When you look at it from last last year, the offensive line fell apart on them. Whether it was injury, you know, like I say, one guy had a heart condition. You got to see how guys are going to come back from that. Mm-hmm. The other issue, which seems more fixable than the rest of them, is Zeke getting back to being Zeke. Mm-hmm. Last year was just a a real weird year for him. When it comes to what we have been seeing from him. Um, and you're in the NFC East. So, like, there's still a door open <clears throat> for you to look and say, man, we can still make the playoffs next year because we can win our division. Yep. So, what are some of the, what do you look at as the positions on that team that have to be upgraded for we, them to get to that point? We back to agreeing with one another. So, <laughs> so, uh, I actually had it the same way. You was naming all the the departures on defense, mm-hmm. and we know that defense is close to not existing as it is. Exactly. And all that stuff you threw out, I'm going right back to the offense with my needs. You got to address the tackle position and fix that O line because at this point, Smith, you know, he it's it's a given he's gonna miss five plus games every year. You got to address that situation with having the tackle because you definitely don't want to have. Dak Prescott or any other quarterback uh, under center without being able to protect them. Yeah. So we do need they they definitely and I'm a, I'm gonna say this Jordan Lewis uh, he, he I don't even know if he's a household name if you're not just like a a, a sports nut or a, a, a woozy for that matter. However, they're decent corners and you need decent corners in in you know in this league. Yeah. So them leaving to me is still not as bad as the need to fix your O-line. I, I would definitely start with fixing the O-line uh, at this point and then move on to the defensive side of the ball because I don't think none of those guys are good enough to make an impact. Now, as far as addressing needs, for as draft, I w- I, they need a corner, but they also need a safety. That's not something that, that I think you, uh, you touched on. Whoever they get needs to be a playmaker. He needs to be a playmaker, ball-hawking type of, of secondary player. Yeah. Whether they take a corner or they take a safety, I departure of Alden Smith. If you remember the year before, they had Robert Quinn, who outplayed D-Law all season long and, and just caused havoc on teams. Uh, he went to the Bears, got stuck in that 3-4, and now he he had a horrible year last year. Yeah. But uh, I can definitely see them lo- losing Alden Smith this mm-hmm. offseason. And if they do, the guy who we talked about before this segment – um, uh, what's Carlos his name Dunlap. from? Uh, yeah, yeah, Carlos Dunlap. Given the money, the the situation would be a perfect person to come in and fill that hole. But they definitely got their word cut out um, as a team. But I would definitely start addressing uh, with my needs and concerns with the O line. And I also want to throw this out there: we talked about all these position players, Zeke, uh, you know, not having a good year, and Andy Dalton not having a good year, and and um, you know, um, Dak Prescott not lighting it up when he was in. Let yes. me let me say this. The Cowboys are the problem. 
as a whole, as a collective. I'm talking about from the head coach to the lady who directs the cheerleaders to the concession stand workers. Everybody is the problem with the Cowboys. If you look at that team on paper, I want to say it was like three years ago, I actually picked them to be in the Super Bowl because they had that much talent on paper. And it's crazy that if you get a printout of their roster, you're like, oh, this is a pretty, this is a pretty straight team. Yeah. Yet we know they're going to struggle to win seven games next year. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- th- as a whole, to me, you know, they they definitely need to be uplifted as a team. And once I get my old line scraped, I don't want to say I'm cleaning house because, like you just said, it's Sally. If you look at the people they paying, D Law, Z. Uh, Z the whole old line. All those guys not doing that in their age and they're comfortable, they pay, whatever you want to say. But it's the it's the Cowboys. I can't pinpoint one player and say he, you know, don't do his job. Collectively, they don't get it done. And so first I want to address you saying that they need a safety. because uh, that's somebody I didn't bring up when I was talking about people that they Xavier most likely Rose. gonna lose. Xavier Woods is somebody they're gonna I mean, lose. Woods, so I say Rose. <laughs> yeah, Xavier Woods is somebody they're gonna lose. Mm-hmm. Um we differ a little bit on what we consider their actual needs. You say you would start with the O line. Oh, which, definitely. <clears throat> which mostly would be depth at the O line position, because when you look at it, they're bringing back Zach Martin, mm-hmm. Tyron Smith. Uh, Lael <clears throat> Collins and then Connor Williams who started at guard for them. So mm-hmm. you got four of your starting five positions filled. But you know, but you, but you know, Smith is going to go down. That's why I say it's a depth thing. It, yeah. mm-hmm. that's not something that I see them trying to address first round unless. Oh no, 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 no! They're not going to take a tackle in the first round. No, exactly. Or, yeah. I, or I can see them investing in somebody like Kelamente, who we talked yeah. about. So for me, it's all about defense because once again, your defense is already the weaker part of your team, mm-hmm. and we just listed everybody who you losing. But who? who at, but who? Who's out there for you to feel like if they get this player, they're gonna be straight? You know, I don't. There's nobody in this world who I feel like if the Cowboys get, they're gonna be straight. Like the, the <laughs> like this is one of those teams that has to address. Eight of 11 positions on both sides of the football, on the defensive side at least. Yeah. So even if you're losing, like you say, serviceable cornerbacks, Jordan Jordan Lewis, Ouzier, a safety in Woods, Alden Smith, all serviceable serviceable players, um, you lose all those guys, you can't replace them with with less of what they already were. And I feel like there are guys that's going to be in free agency who can give you the same, at least, the who? same thing that you were getting out of them. Who you got? Because that, that was crazy. Because when I looked at it, I was like, you, so let's just take a, a, a woozy A for existence. Yeah. Eight, I, I expect him to get eight, seven, I'm going to just say seven to $10 million a year. Probably going to sign a deal for over $30 million. What corner do you see out there where you like, okay, if they lose him but then sign him, that's, that's, a, that's a plug and play situation. And cornerback is, is – I'm glad you started with cornerback because that's one that we've talked about a lot throughout the past, you know, four or five weeks in general. And mm-hmm. we've been just going down the list and looking at William Jackson, uh, a Quentin Dunbar, a Kevin King, um, uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman, uh, Vernon Hargraves, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick. Like, all of those guys – Artie Burns. Like, all I of was- those guys are the same. 
Now, like, Audie Burns, Audie Burns to me, and, and maybe because it was in the Pittsburgh situation, because he out, he definitely overplayed better than what he normally do. But the rest of those guys, I don't think they're upgrade. Or, I, don't either. I yeah. think they're equal. I think they're all in the same class of cornerback, yeah. and that's why I say, like, if you're Dallas, you're already in a horrible situation with your defense. You can't get worse at who yeah. at the position that's walking out of your door. Yeah, and see, before I even sit up there and fight with those guys and pay them $6 million for one year, knowing they're going to want two-year deals, knowing you're going to probably get outbidded and all this good stuff, then I'm, I'm turning to the draft and get my main concern, which is a playmaker. That first-round pick can be a corner or a safety. Mm-hmm. I just need a playmaker. I need somebody who I know can step in and play day one. Which, once again, is fine, but once again, even if you feel that safety spot, you still got two cornerback spots to worry about that oh, you're they, not going to get through the draft. Yeah, so either way it goes, they they in a tough situation. I'm not going to make it worse by overpaying corners who haven't did nothing the last two years of football. But you got... Okay, I mean, like I say, overpaying might be a stretch, but once again, if if I feel like Six six to eight million dollars is probably well six million dollars is probably what's deserved out of uh, a Jordan Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So if you're if if you're willing to pay Jordan Lewis six million dollars, you could pay Nakia Roby Coleman six million dollars. But the one that we do agree on, you say you can see a Woozie getting more than that on the open market. Oh, he definitely well, one because of his youth, but yeah, he is a real solid cornerback. Yeah. That that type of guy, no, you don't want to go overpay anybody his type of money unless it's gonna be him. Right. You know? So yeah, we both see Dallas as having a bunch of holes at this point, but most of them are on the defensive end. Eighteen million dollars, once again, how no, how no, much can no, you actually yeah. do with that yeah. when your number one priority is bringing back your quarterback? Yeah, best case situation, they get John Lewis back for six million dollars a year, something like that. You draft a corner that can play right now. Or if you like a safety who's just a game changer, yeah. whatever. But more than likely, it's going to be a corner. And yeah. maybe. Let's, let's just go on the scratch and say Earl Thomas, you know, yeah. they, they find they find favor in Earl Thomas. They work out a deal. Okay, so now I brought back Jordan Lewis, who could be my number one slash number two. I drafted a corner who's supposed to be my true number one in future years. And I yeah. got Earl Thomas. Okay, now we can move forward. The, the likelihood and of that like happening. You replace an Alden Smith with a Carlos Dunlap. Something uh, like you that. You know, something yeah. like that. But that's a lot of moving pieces, Sid. And more than likely, that won't even come close to happening. Um, I mean, like I say, we looking at a lot of the guys that we just addressed are free agents. They walking out your door anyway. So it's going to be yeah. moving pieces regardless of who you bring in for. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, Dallas is... I want I want to say they're the worst team we've talked about <laughs> going uh, so far in and doing prob- it, and probably oh. one of the teams with the most talent, like individual players. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I was just looking at their salary. Man, they only they're paying five only five guys over ten million dollars, mm, but they're really? paying two or three guys. I mean, not that's work. That's cap hit. I got they you. They only have five guys that's worth ten plus million dollars when it comes to cap hit. Mm. Three of those guys are 20 and above when you're looking at Amari Cooper, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and uh, I think Zach Martin uh, are the three guys that's right around that $20 million mark. It's not Jalen Smith? No, Jalen Smith. He's not over 10 mil? I think he, no, I, actually, I think he's right under 10 mil. I think he's looking at about, uh, 
nine, I want to say. Yep, nine. Mm. Uh, Lael Collins, Zeke, Tyron Smith, Zach Barton, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. Gotcha. So Zach Martin is 17 mil worth they cap. Gotcha. You know, and then Demarcus Lawrence is 25 or Mark Corporate 22. Either way, I don't predict them being able to do anything throughout this offseason. I'm not going to say that because, once again, they play in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. There's something they could do that would give them the potential to be able to contend in that division, but mm-hmm. I don't see them being able to go into the season being the front runners of the NFC East. I got you. We spent way too much time on that. <laughs> Luckily, we only got one NBA topic for the day that we're going to breeze through, which is uh, the signing of Blake Griffin. What did you think mm-hmm. about that, him signing with the Brooklyn Nets? You know, we talked about it very shortly uh, last show and off-air numerous of times. Uh, and we this is something I already know we feel the same about. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm shocked that he signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Um it makes sense. Um, go go compete for a championship. Uh-huh. Be on TV a lot so you can still play. Secure the bag for next year. Uh, I really thought it was going to be the Boston Celtics. To me, I just thought he would have uh, fitted better with that group. He could have played a little bit more, and he would have been the best power forward on that team. Yeah. To me. yeah. So to me, it made more sense for him to go go elsewhere, but I definitely understand it. Uh, Blake is one of those guys I root for. I wish him uh, all the success. Um, a lot of fans still think that we're in 2013 and 15 <laughs> because I mean, I saw something today a dude was like, uh, we're going back and forth, and he was like, uh, you he said, I can see a situation with Blake going to scratch, averaging 20 and 10 with this team, That's and I was just like, yeah, let me just not, yeah, yeah bro, it's only one basketball. You mean to tell me you think he getting 20 with all those, exactly. guys? But but anyway, yeah, uh, he, he he's going to fit in just fine because he's not going to have no expectation. Exactly. Show up, move around, yep. get buckets when you can, be a veteran. Hopefully he can still shoot. Now, if, if he turns into Serge Ibaka and he's knocking down shots from the perimeter, all is well. But I don't see that. Yeah. So uh, we got to see what opportunity he even gets to play, uh, let alone if he can be effective. And, it, and and like I say, Brooklyn has been struggling trying to find centers and power forwards. They've been pulling in anybody off the street uh, for a month now. And this is obviously the best that they've been able to get. Uh, I'm right there with you. This is uh, the best situation for him because, of course, you want to chase a title. Um, do I think? But as I've been saying all weekend, this isn't the place where his services would have translated to wins and losses. I feel like if the Brooklyn Nets win the title, they were going to win the title with or without Blake. Exactly. <laughs> but there were but there were a team like you mentioned Boston where he would have affected he would have given them more wins. A yeah. team like the Lakers, he would have given them more wins. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely understand why he chose Brooklyn because they're the favorites to win the title at this point, I'm sure. But he won't be the reason they win or lose the title. Right. Yep. All right, so that's it for today. Um, franchise <clears throat> franchise tag deadline is supposed to be tomorrow, but once again, we don't even have a number of what exactly the salary cap going to be, so that's going to end up getting pushed down the line. And free agency tampering period is supposed to open up next Monday. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on between now and then, uh, and we'll catch up on all of that next week. Continue to tune in. We uh, appreciate all the support. Y'all have a great week, man. Nigga, I'm in the lead. You boys not in my league. If you listen close, I'm coaching. Take keys to the boy. Hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about line up.